This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Once I started to really nurture myself behind the scenes, really up my game on my well-being, I started to do better at work. Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas in personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Mind Valley podcast. This is Vishen Lakiani, and I am almost bursting out laughing as I'm talking about the topic that we're going to be speaking about today. It's so interesting. And our guest today, Megan McNeely, is someone I actually bumped into at a mastermind on Richard Branson's Necker Island not too long ago. Megan is the author of a brilliant new book called Reinvent the Wheel. And this book is about 18 strategies that you can apply at your job to truly make your career soar make work easier for you, and help you do better at work and thus at life. So each of these 18 spokes of the wheel is a really powerful idea that you can bring into your life. Now, of course, we aren't going to have time to talk about all 18, but I wanted to pick on one idea that Megan speaks of, which I think is so unique and so interesting for all of you, and it's called crafting self-expression. I'm going to bring on Megan in a moment, and you're going to hear what she means by this. But let me tell you this. When I first bumped into Megan, there were so many people on that island, but there was something about Megan that stood out. It was the way she dressed. It was the way she communicated. It was the way she showed up as a person. You immediately wanted to know more about her, to connect with her. And even her book, if you buy this book, you will notice how beautiful and how for lack of a better word, self-expressed her book itself feels. We're going to talk about how to bring self-expression into your life so that you stand out at your job. People automatically have a higher level of respect for you and your ideas and how self-expression will even improve your dating life. Believe it or not, even when it comes to dating, Self-expression and how you come across and carry yourself makes a massive, massive, massive difference. So Megan is the first vice president with 21 years plus experience at one of the largest financial firms in the world. She focuses on working with senior corporate executives who have increasingly complex financial lives, but extremely limited choice. And as you're going to hear from a story, she noticed that there are elements about the way we work that have to so dramatically change because work tends to extract from us. It makes us age faster. It makes us more stressed out. And it doesn't often contribute to our own personal growth, which is why she wrote the book, Reinvent the Wheel, How Top Leaders Leverage Wellbeing for Success. You can find that in any bookstore and on Amazon. And it came out just a few months ago. So let's get started with Megan McNeely. i 
Christian Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast. Megan, welcome to the Mind Valley Podcast. Hello, Vishen. How are you? It is so good to hear your voice and have you impart your wisdom to our audience. Oh, I cannot wait. I'm actually smiling too. This is going to be a fun topic. Right, I know, because it's so unexpected compared to what people typically talk about when they speak of well-being at work. But Megan, before we begin with crafting self-expression, you have to share your personal story. And what happened to you? What shook up your life that made you decide that you needed to look at well-being at work? Well, I was seven years into working at this financial firm, which I still am at. And I was a star from the very beginning. Within the first year, I had blown through the training program that takes two years in one year. The firm had started to send me all over the United States as what they call a success speaker, speaking to my colleagues about how fantastic some of the business results I was getting were helping my career. And I was driving myself and very single focused on doing that career job. In our culture and around the world, many of us think success should come first and well-being should come later, you know, when we have the time and money to look at it. And I also figured, in my career, there's this sort of a hump that I needed to get over. So I just basically had so many different bad habits, too much coffee, a lot of wine at night, just a lot of my behind the scenes habits were much to be desired. What happened in the seventh year of my career is I was diagnosed unexpectedly with rheumatoid arthritis, just saying that word makes me cringe. It is such a gross, terrible word. And I remember the doctor telling me I had that. What was so upsetting about it, Vision, is the week before I was diagnosed, I was offered a side hustle as a tennis pro at the club across the street from my house. So you can imagine me sitting there, not only doing amazing at work, but suddenly unable to play tennis because my hands within about two or three weeks had swelled to almost twice the size. I suddenly couldn't put up my high heels on at work and I couldn't pick up my children. They were four and six at the time. Had to pick them up with my forearms and my health started to deteriorate from there. It's so interesting because I was able to still go to work. Many of your listeners may understand that. You may have something that's happening with your health that you can hide that isn't apparent to your boss and can still show up. I continued to do amazing. I continued to get more and more degrees and more and more titles. However, that health, just like a cascading bad day, that health kind of went down the tubes. I was soon diagnosed after that with chronic kidney disease, which is also an autoimmune issue. An autoimmune disease is where the disease attacks some part of your body. Now, I know you were working for a massive firm, over 200,000 employees. Was it the pressure of work that was causing your health to deteriorate like that? It's interesting because it wasn't the job. It was how I was behaving behind the scenes. If I had taken better care of myself, I wouldn't have found myself with yet another disease to handle. And interestingly enough, I know you know the story, Vision, but as if these two weren't enough, after that, I was diagnosed with kidney cancer. So 
I was looking at a triple whammy, a perfect storm in 2010. And on top of that, that was the year I got divorced. So to say that I was broken down on the side of the road from burnout would be an absolute understatement. I really needed to theoretically get out of the car and start pushing myself along the side of the road. Anybody who's had a burnout situation may relate. It was like a falling knife that I couldn't catch. And so I started an overhaul project. And I came up with these 18 different spokes. It looks like it's on a wheel. We're only going to talk about one today, as you know, and have mentioned. But I started this major project to revamp my health. And just to jump forward, the great news is I don't have any of these diseases anymore. I'm fully recovered. I was willing to say the least, to take on a hero's journey to regain my health, to do everything I could to get back to perfection, perfect health, happiness, joy. It seems so elusive at the time, but I have tried to uncover everything I can possibly think of that would make us more successful in life and work. And so this triple whammy plus your divorce, and I'm guessing all of that happened, what, when you were in your 40s? Yep. Uh-huh. Exactly. 40. All of this really sideswiped you, but was it how you perceived work that led up to it? And I'm guessing that you made some dramatic shifts. That is what caused you to write this book. You made some dramatic shifts and you recovered from all of those illnesses and you bounced back. Well, and not only that, this is the most amazing thing. So while I was having that perfect storm of the illnesses and my divorce, I was thinking to myself, what would be the best response to this? Well, in my case, the only response I was able to come forth with was I needed to save my life. So well-being was the answer. It was the only choice I had behind the scenes to kick in all of the different aspects I speak about in the book about well-being. And this is the most amazing thing. I thought that well-being project would crush my career. To be totally honest, I thought it would take me down. Here I was, a rising star. I thought this is going to be an anchor on my foot. It's going to pull me back from my advancement at work. And the opposite happened. The strangest thing is once I started to really nurture myself behind the scenes, really up my game on my well-being, I started to do better at work. So between 2010, at my worst, to 2018, every year was a record year and I quadrupled my income, quadrupled it because I didn't realize that well-being drives success. I thought success comes first and well-being comes later. The opposite is true. I was thinking the absolute opposite of what's actually true. That's remarkable because there's still so many people in the world today who believes that I have to work hard and that I have to make sacrifices in my well-being to be successful at work. And what you're saying and what has been something that I've been talking about in a lot of my work is that well-being drives success. And now there's so much scientific evidence for it. But this is the thing, Vision, that's different is that a lot of the people that we're talking to about this, I mean, if you ask them what well-being is, they'll say like the typical thing, oh, eat better, sleep better, exercise, and they stop there. But what's so cool about this conversation today, there's a lot of nuances that I've uncovered that drive well-being. I mean, I wasn't healed by eating better, sleeping better, and exercising more. I did those things first because I'm just like everybody else listening. That's the first thing I thought of. But what I found really 
really healing is some of these more esoteric aspects of the well-being wheel. Some more of these more unusual and really empowering ways to drive your happiness, drive joy, really shore yourself up really empowering. And in your book, Reinvent the Wheel, you speak about 18 spokes of the wheel, right? 18 practices. What were some of the weirdest things that you uh, stumbled upon? So some of the more unusual ones that I hadn't thought of were things like deal with your baggage was one. Uncovering things that I would run in my mind, that was really inspiring for me to say, hey, I'm really thinking about this trauma I had. I didn't even realize it was bugging me. But, you know, bringing it to the surface, releasing it, that was very empowering. Others were speak your truth. Some of the intuition aspects, I know you do some amazing training at Mind Valley on intuition that I've loved. And one of the ones I landed on that was super unusual, and I just thought this would be fun, but it ended up being very powerful for me, was the action spoke of craft self-expression. Right. And that's going to be our topic for today. So ladies and gentlemen who are listening, we won't have time to go into all 18 spokes. And obviously, if you want to do that, you can always check out the book, Reinvent the Wheel. But what we will talk about is this one chapter. This is chapter 17, spoke 17, that I found really fascinating. And I asked Megan if she would go deep in this and give you some really powerful concrete ideas that you could implement immediately. Perfect. And I wanted just to lay the scene for your listeners to understand that me back then, as far as self-expression goes, I was working and still am working at a major corporation where I have to look very professional. In my business, gentlemen are still wearing cufflinks. I mean, there is a definite culture about that. So back then, I was wearing black suits and trying to fit in and just blend in, basically. I knew there was a success formula for how people look in my office, you may as well. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to diminish myself, my personality and just kind of fit into this corporate environment. I didn't realize that was actually hurting my well-being. What I discovered during my healing journey is something very interesting. I really didn't have, and this is the first step for your audience and for you to think about, one of the first ways to think about self-expression and what I found very powerful is to think of a word that would describe you, a defining word, a core word that we could talk about as far as your self-expression. So if you would ask me back then, you know, how would you describe yourself? And I asked this to a number of executives and other people in the workforce, what is one word that could describe you? And most people are just a little bit blank about that. I was as well. And I went to a self-expression workshop at Miraval in Arizona. I just had to go. I thought it would be fascinating. It was an interesting topic. And no kidding, I got that word from someone else. At the end of the workshop, the teacher said, I went up to talk to her. I was just interested. She goes, well, it's as obvious as day. Your word is vibrancy. And I looked at her and it was one of the truest things anyone has ever said about me. And like you were mentioning in the opening that to you, I seem vibrant. But a lot of us, as we walk through our day at work, we don't think about ourselves in that way. We don't really have sometimes a single word grasp of what it is, what's our secret sauce, what's our special offering to the world. And I loved that word. I took that word as like a banner that I was going to suddenly carry from now on. And I thought to myself, 
And your audience can think too. And I don't want a negative word. So just for your audience listening, nothing negative. I'll give you some ideas. Creative, artsy, serious, thoughtful, peaceful. Maybe you're mellow. Are you loving, reflective, confident, outgoing? Maybe you're playful, polished, free-spirited, optimistic. What do you think you are, Vision? I would say I'm a dreamer. Yeah, that makes sense. Thoughtful comes to mind too. You think a lot. You're super thoughtful. So the first step then, Megan, is to identify that word that defines us. Now, can it be multiple words? It doesn't have to be one. No, it can be multiple words. This is all about customization. It can certainly be multiple words. I think it's easier to have one. So how I use this in real life back then, when I discovered the word vibrancy for me, I looked at all those black suits I was wearing to work and I thought, would a vibrant person wear this? And so I decided, you know what? I'm going to start buying blazers. I'm going to start buying fabulous pants today. You know what I'm wearing? I'm wearing a blue satin silk shirt and plaid pants. <laughs> and I usually am in an orange velvet jacket or something like that. I look totally polished, but I look more vibrant. You know what? I even went so far as vision to, I had blonde hair at the time. I went and dyed my hair red, like I'm a redhead now. I mean, it matches perfectly. It looks totally natural. But I thought, what would a vibrant person look like? I mean, I had been hiding my true inner nature. So that's easy for vibrancy. But what about a word like thoughtful? How would that influence the way I would dress? So I do want to qualify this and say it doesn't necessarily have to express itself in how you dress. Let's say you're thoughtful and you decide that your mode, and this is step two, is decide what mode you wanted to express that word. So let's say you're a thoughtful person and let's say you decide that the mode you're going to express this in is your home. You could say, I want a thoughtful home. Okay, well, how would your interior look? Well, it certainly would be, you know, pick up all that junk on the floor in your master bedroom. Maybe a thoughtful person wouldn't throw their stuff everywhere. Maybe there'd be less clutter. Maybe there would be things thoughtfully placed on your desk. You see where I'm going with this? It could be your home. It could be how you dress. The executive, Kim Todd, who I interviewed in this chapter, she uses social media for her self-expression. And if you were a thoughtful person, maybe you would be very, very thoughtful about what you were posting. Maybe you wouldn't post yourself eating breakfast this morning or, you know, just randomly doing something uneventful. Maybe you'd be super thoughtful about what you were posting. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Now I see what you're saying. So when it comes to this idea of self-expression, you're getting remarkably clear on who you are, what you believe in, what you stand for, what makes you different. And then you're making that really, really, really real in your life. So many of us try to fit in. We try to unhealthily fit in by suppressing what makes us different. But what you're asking us to do is to magnify that thing that makes us different. That could be the reason why you stood out so much on Necker Island amongst all of the other people there for that mastermind. I am always thinking to myself, being the vibrant person I am, how would I let people know that before they even say anything to me? 
you know, I want to express that. I'm proud of that. I want it to be first and foremost. And I think that it translated into the book proposal I did. It was very vibrant. It really stood out. My book is bright yellow. I mean, all of it kind of matches vision. And I think no matter what it is, let's say creative for a listener, what they can do is land on that word. It's kind of owning a core of you. And it's saying, you know, I'm going to bring that forth. You know what I would love you to do? Can you tell your listeners that story about your image and how you kind of brought forth an inner quality of yourself to up-level your professionalism? Oh, yes, yes. So this was a really powerful lesson I learned, right? And when I learned this lesson, a couple of really interesting things happened. Number one, my social media reach took off like crazy. I started adding a 100,000 new fans a week. I started getting so many more requests to speak around the world at major, major, major companies. I was able to see how an audience responded to me go up through the roof. And what really happened was this. Sometime around one or two years ago, I decided to embody the idea of superhero. Just that, that word, superhero. Maybe it's because I'm a geek. Maybe it's because I watch a lot of Marvel Cinematic Universe films. I'm a big, like, Avengers fan. I'm rather geeky that way. But I decided that I wanted to embody this idea of being the best you can be as if you have these superpowers. And I remember reading a book, Atomic Habits, by James Clear. And he said that the greatest way to change is to take on an identity shift. Example, if you try to motivate yourself to get fit, and you try to motivate yourself by setting an alarm clock every morning as a process to get to a gym or setting a goal as an outcome. I want to lose five kilograms. That's okay. But often that's really tough to do. But if you shift your identity to, I have the fit muscular body of an athlete, you will want to go to the gym. Your identity starts to define you and shape your reality. It's really interesting how it worked. But what I decided to take on was I wanted the identity of a superhero. This means belief in my own inner power. It means understanding that my body needed to be in its best possible shape. And one of the other things I did was I designed a line of Mind Valley t-shirts with our logo as the wings right at the chest level, both for men and women, almost like Superman. And those t-shirts were inspired by the icon of Superman, the icon of Batman, and the icon of Wonder Woman. These superheroes who have this giant logo plastered straight on their chest. And the people in my office love these t-shirts. We made them for an entire team. And then we started selling them online. You can still get them on gear.mindvalley.com. But what happened was this embodiment of this superhero archetype changed the way I showed up at work. I started to have more energy. I started to be super excited about getting fit and going to the gym. We even installed pull-up bars across the office. Sometimes, if at 4 p.m. when I feel hungry, I just go and I knock out like 10 pull-ups. And this whole shift changed me. People would come up to me and say, hey, you look so much fitter and younger. And I also noticed I seem to have so much more energy and clarity and confidence and belief in myself. Even when going through hard times, I would have a greater sense of belief that I could overcome. Because in the superhero movies, even when Iron Man gets beat down or Spider-Man gets beat down, they always bounce back. So I found that this was my act of radical self-expression, and it really transformed my life and my work. 
I absolutely love that. So your word in that case was superhero and you decided your modality was going to be at work because you gave work examples. I'm sure you did it in your personal life as well. But those things have power. Like you were just saying, the wings on the chest going forward. It is the perfect example. So taking a word and then deciding the modality. That is just a beautiful, beautiful example of what I'm talking about. But why do you think it works? Why do you think this actually increases our well-being? Well, I am a Reiki master, so I'm quite a big fan of energy. And so what I like about thinking about embodiment is that there's a spring in your step. There is a focus. See, there's a big difference. Vision getting on stage with his shirt on or being well-dressed and embodying superhero or Vision behind the scenes saying, God, I hope the AV equipment works and this doesn't goof up. There's a big level of energy that you bring to the more positive embodiment. And that's why it was really, really important in step one, when you choose your word, nothing negative. (laughs) It's got to be something you want, whether reflective, confident, like I said. And so that's it. You know, the first word and then the embodiment of it. And then you marry the word from step one with the embodiment, whatever you decide, whether it's I'm going to express myself in my home. My home is vibrant. So the girls and I, when I got divorced, I gave away all of my art to my ex-husband. I just didn't feel like the energy of the old memories, art we had bought in Paris and all over the world. I just said, you know, those were beautiful memories. I would love you to have them. And he said, you know what? I really want them. And I said, fantastic. So I had a clean house, basically clear walls. And the girls and I bought vibrant art. We have an incredible modern art collection with beautiful, bright colors. All our walls are white. All the floors are like a light, beautiful maple color. And the house is now vibrant. It wasn't before. Just wasn't really anything, Vision. It was nice, but it really didn't have a word. And now I would say it is vibrant. Now, one of my daughters is very peaceful. I would have to say her word is peaceful if she were to say it out loud. So her room is peaceful. I made sure she chose for her walls a color that she likes. She has everything in there that makes her feel safe. Because vibrant isn't the word she would pick for herself. So I want to make sure she feels at home. You know, it's not like over the top and it's not her. We, I keep in mind the other people in my home. So that's the first two steps. And then I really believe the ongoing step would be to seek ongoing inspiration from that modality in print, online. I'm always looking for ideas for how I should dress. I mean, I read magazines like crazy, whether it's in style. And you were mentioning in the beginning, I'm a single parent. And I will say that my embodiment and awareness of who I am and how I appear in the world really helps my singleness, (laughs) or I should say social life. And you had mentioned your love life. I think, and I believe that really mastering the well-being aspect of this, think of the energy that you know who you are and you present to the world. That is like a truth going from the heart of you 
emanating out, like pretend like it's the sun to everyone you meet, whether I'm in the Starbucks line this morning, I'm in front of a client in New York, like I was on Wednesday. It doesn't matter where I am in a conference. I am who I am. And I am hoping, you know, we are always attracted to people who are like us. It's almost like beaming a signal to your people. I'm not for everyone, trust me. And you know that from meeting me. I'm not like a shrinking violet. And I certainly probably wouldn't fall in love with somebody who's super quiet and not out there. It wouldn't be as much fun for me. I'd rather go back and forth and bat things around with somebody who's super extraordinary and vibrant. That is so fascinating. And oh my God, as you're saying that, I'm recognizing that as I took on this persona of having so much respect for my mind, my body, my level of discipline and showing up like a superhero, I started being attracted and dating women who had those same qualities, women who really cared about self-mastery, personal growth, who dedicated themselves to being in good shape, to having a spiritual practice, to exploring their inner selves. I'm beginning to realize that it does also define who you want to be with and the friends you want to spend time with. It's energetically like you're taking a stand. Like if you take that stand superhero, I mean, you dress really well and I've seen you over multiple days. I mean, you are pulled together all the time, even on vacation. And I think it's really wonderful because it's saying, I respect myself. I mean, that's the message you send. I have respect for myself. I care about myself. I'm not just saying this and doing something else. It's really your actions are matching your words. And so just a lesson for the listener here. It's really funny. But as you start defining that word and taking on that identity, even though you may get the inspiration from movies or books or whatever, you actually become more you. Because in transformational theory, one of the things that is a hallmark of a transformed individual is autonomy and authenticity. This means you become more autonomous in your thinking. You are not swayed by just public opinion or what you read in the news or what your culture or your religious leaders are telling you. You decide how you want to show up in life. And the other one is authenticity, which means you are real. You are really genuinely true to your goals, your vision, your beliefs, autonomy and authenticity, the double A's. And I realized that as we find this word and we make this a stamp of our identity, we actually transform in terms of who we are. We become better masters of ourselves. Don Miguel Ruiz told me, I asked this great writer once, because he wrote about Taltec wisdom in his books like Mastery of Love and the Four Agreements, some of the greatest spiritual books ever written. They stayed on the New York Times list for like 20 something years. And I asked Don Miguel Ruiz, what does Taltec mean? And he said, Taltec means artists. It means to be an artist of your own life, to paint your own picture and not simply try to follow and imitate other people's pictures. And I realize, Megan, that what you're talking about is really about when you say self-expression, it's really turning yourself into the artist of your own life. Oh, that is so well said. And I actually quoted him both of those books in my book because I admire him so much. And this is the thing, Vision, whether it's at work or in a relationship, they're going to find out who you really are anyway. So the better thing to do is be yourself from the beginning, to be consistent all the way through so that when you're on that first date, they can see that I'm vibrant. 
they already know, oh, she's out there. I mean, she is not a shrinking violet. She's going to chat. She's going to be herself. And same with me closing a business deal at work. I've never met them before. Let's say they're a referral. If I came in in a black suit and just tried to be very subdued and super professional, that's not really me. They're going to eventually figure out that underneath that, I'm actually very sociable, really friendly. I get to know people. I care so much about their story. They're going to know that anyway. I might as well show up in my orange jacket. And if I'm too much for them, that'll save my assistant so much time for me than not having to open that account, not having to move forward. And, you know, I don't want to be fired in the future. Like, oh, we didn't really know who she was. And none of us really want to be in a relationship where two months down the line, they say, oh, I really thought you were like this kind of serious, more quiet person. You know, there's people that can be sort of cool and collected. And there's other people who are hot and fiery, not hot, like good looking necessarily, but more energetic. And I'm more of that hot kind of energetic, like up for anything. I'm sort of on fire. Literally, I look like it too with my red hair, but my soul feels like it's on fire in my heart. And, you know, I had a date once tell me, I'm so glad you showed me this because I really need a cool person. Isn't that fascinating? And so I'd rather know that up front than be down. And I've done this before. I made this mistake, you know, a month later, like, oh, I didn't really know who you are. You weren't expressing yourself exactly. You know, now that I've gotten to know you, nobody wants to hear that. Now that I've gotten to know you, we might not be such a great fit. (laughs) So Megan, so again, the book is amazing. And for those of you who find these ideas fascinating and you want to learn about all 18 pillars, go check out Reinvent the Wheel. It's a really, really, really good compass on what you need to be looking at, the 18 things you need to be looking at. And remember, so many of us have this false, dangerous belief that work extracts from us. But what if we could flip that around? What if we could be so focused on our well-being, on how we care for our mind, our spirit, our body, that we are able to heal, become our best possible selves, and in that process, make work effortless? And that really is possible. You've heard Megan's story, recovering from some devastating illnesses, some devastating life situations, and what she stumbled upon. So definitely check out the book. And Megan, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Any closing words? Yes. I love Gary Zukoff, and he had a wonderful conversation with Oprah where he said true power is when the soul, which is sort of like a cruise ship, connects to the lifeboat, which is really your life. And what I think is so fascinating about that image is that's what like we're doing here. You're actually tapping into who your soul really is and then having the expression of that in your life, your little lifeboat. When those two latch together, you start moving faster, success happens easier. Showing up to work is more fun. Showing up to meeting new people for your romantic life is exciting. And I really look forward to hearing from listeners if they can feel that as well when they embody this. I love that. So thank you, Megan, for being a guest on the Mind Valley podcast. Don't know when I'll see you again, but I look forward to it. And everyone listening, if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and leave us a review. Mention Megan McNeely in the review. And don't forget to check out Megan's book, reinvent the wheel. Thank you so much, Megan. Thank you guys for listening. I will see you next week. I'm the 
Christian Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley Podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body? your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.